Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deutsche Bank's ESG Insights podcast. My name is Trisha. I'm Global Head of ESG for Capital Markets and Advisory. And today I have with me uh, Jen Tan, who's Global Head of Sustainable Investment and Stewardship at Fidelity International. And I'm just going to hand it over to him to introduce himself. Over to you, Jen. Uh, hi, Trisha. So I'm Jen. Um, I've been with Fidelity for 15 years, and, and my role is to lead our sustainable investing team. Um, just over 30 of us around the world in seven different markets and provide internal and external leadership on our sustainable investing activities. Super. Thank you for joining us, Jen. Uh, Really, really happy to have you here. So the first question I'd love to start with is uh, really some of the big macro topics of the day. And I I think we were just talking about, you know, inflation, the risk of a hard landing and a possible recession and some of the geopolitical sort of conflicts um, how is that impacting sustainable investment in, in your view and particularly at, at Fidelity International? Yeah, so look, I think that's a great, very topical place to start. You know, I think these big issues that face us today, what they highlight to me is that need for a mindset and a systems change. We know that the switch to a low carbon economy, you know, the greening of our grids, the construction, the transportation, all of that, all of this will be expensive in the short run. But in the longer term, it's going to create for us a more sustainable energy system, one that is more accessible, one that is more affordable, and crucially, one that actually works in in, in harmony with with the planet. So I think our long-term mission as investors remains the same, to allocate capital towards businesses that are able to generate that kind of positive sustainability change and create these real-world outcomes despite the short-term challenges that we're seeing. I think I'd also say that, you know, from an investment perspective, we still believe that the companies with better ESG performance are more resilient against these market and geopolitical volatility. And the reason for that, I think, is quite simple, because we think of it as being a little bit of a proxy for management quality. These are management teams that are considering the financial and non-financial issues in their strategy, their operations, and their risk management, you know, you know, generally over a longer-term horizon. So typically what you'll see is that they'll score higher on governance factors, for example, board oversight of material ESG issues, sustainability-linked remuneration factors. You'll see maybe more effective employee engagement and supplier engagement, uh, less turnover, and more support and capacity building. For these, uh, for these stakeholders, or you can see more robust environmental management with clear targets and roadmaps for achieving net zero and climate risks. And I think this is one of the reasons why at Fidelity, when we updated our proprietary sustainability rating last year, which is based on the research conducted by our fundamental research team, we have included embedded in it this principle of double materiality, the idea that you're not just looking at the financial risks of the business, but you're looking at the impact of the business on people and planet. And we have decomposed our score into underlying ESG pillar scores, as well as having headline rating and, and trajectory scores. The last point I'd make though, I think is, is, is perhaps even more important one, which is that sustainable investing to us isn't really, isn't only, I should say, about rewarding the high ESG performers. It's also about supporting the ones that are less mature to improve their performance over time. So if you think about something like climate, for example, we have set targets for ourselves to achieve net zero on our operational emissions and to halve the carbon emissions of our investment portfolio by 2030. 
and reach net zero by 2050. But our priority when we do this is to ensure that we have a just transition. You know, we can't allow this drive to net zero to prevent developing economies from developing or from employees that are displaced by greener technologies from finding meaningful work. And I think that's one of the reasons why we upweight the value of engagement um, because we think this is a way that you can achieve real change over simply excluding and not buying these, these high carbon emitters. Um, I'm positive about the ESG. Companies do more to integrate ESG into their business and their strategy to attract. And I think we will just see sustainable investing become the norm. In other words, it will become just investing. That's great to hear. So it sounds like it is something uh, that's resilient in the face of sort of, I would say, a fairly different economic landscape. Um, and it, it does also sound like it is a proxy for assessing the resiliency for your invested companies. Um, you talked a lot about engagement, which I think is a really valid point. Um, DB itself has net zero targets and, and very much focused on engagement as well. Um, what are the main sort of stewardship topics that impact voting decisions um, for, for Fidelity International? So voting is a key tool for us as investors. And I think the key for us is that it needs to be linked to our engagement program. So we use voting as a tool to send a message and to drive change through engagements. Last year, we updated our voting principles to now cover 12 different topics that impact our different voting decisions. And we now use our vote to vote against uh, boards the re-election of directors, where they don't meet certain expectations that we have. So, for example, around tackling climate change by managing its impacts, by setting specific targets on emissions reduction and risk management, and by disclosing their progress, um, promoting gender diversity on boards, having a minimum percentage of female representation, in which is scaled according to either the, the developed markets or the emerging markets. Um, and ensuring that all of their pay practices and frameworks are fully disclosed to shareholders and aligned with shareholder and stakeholder interests. And they are considering both financial and non-financial metrics. Thank you. I think that's really helpful because a question we often get from our clients is, you know, how, how, uh, how important is ESG in engagement, what topics and how it impacts voting decisions? So I think that was uh, very clear. Um, perhaps on, on, you know, sort of, uh, a last question to you, and this might be very broad, but um, what are your key asks to the corporates that you invest in or, or the larger universe, you know, as a large institutional investor, what do you want to see shift in how corporates manage sustainability and ESG? So I guess I would have three, three asks. I think the first is to ask corporates to be authentic about their ESG integration. You know, the stakes for greenwashing are getting higher and, in, and companies risk not only losing their investors, but their customers and their reputation if they overclaim purpose and impact. So I think the key is always disclose authentically. The markets will understand that this is a journey. No one's perfect here. But being transparent about that, that progress, I think that's, that's very key. The second, I think, is to be transparent and consistent in the disclosures that you're making. We're seeing a lot of new work around ESG reporting standards. There is clearly more than one right way to report and issuers that share both quantitative and qualitative ESG information to us provide us with more context to be able to make a fair evaluation of their progress. And I think finally, to communicate things in an open way, you know, on, on our side, we are still trying to understand 
how issuers define their materiality and how that moves into their strategy, their operations, their products, and so on. We see engagement as being a learning opportunity for us and a chance to share best practices with the companies that we invest in. We want to be seen as partners and we want our engagements to be treated in that spirit of partner collaboration. That's great. I think that seems to be really important to investors is, uh, as you noted, right, the the key link uh, on ESG to corporate strategy and just being transparent about progress rather than uh, necessarily sort of marketing a best-in-class approach. So uh, fully, fully on board with that. Um, look, I, I think that that's roughly all I had, and it's really great that you were able to join us and, and share sort of Fidelity International's views. Um, for all our listeners to, to sum up what we heard today, uh, ESG continues to be important despite the challenging macroeconomic environment, um, particularly in, you know, taking into sort of consideration the long-term lens um, it continues to impact voting decisions, um, and in particular, I think you know for for a number of uh, for a number of investors, linking ESG to corporate strategy to 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 being transparent and really thinking about you know best practices and disclosure, um, those those issues continue to remain a priority. So thank you very much, Jen, for your time, um, and we look forward to seeing you at the next podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs>